0: This podcast is brought to you by UpCase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at UpCase.com. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Georgia Dow. Hi, Georgia.
0: Hi. How's
1: it going?
0: Oh, it's very good. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Awesome. Uh, So what have you been up to lately? Like, what have your last I'm couple like, days looked like?
0: Well, okay, so I'm a psychotherapist, so during the daytime, I uh, do psychotherapy. I usually deal with people that are dealing with anxiety, depression, and parenting issues.
1: I have all and, those.
0: Right. <laughs> well,
1: then, this is why we're having this conversation. <laughs> but, the, but the parenting issues are with my own parents.
0: I deal with that as well. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and then at night, I do podcasts on technology, gaming, and... Um, Anxiety. <laughs> and I write some articles also for iMore, uh, which is an Apple centric website.
1: Yeah. You are busy, it seems like.
0: I'm a little bit busy.
1: I read your Twitter bio and it has like some of those things in it. And I was like, okay, the psychotherapist, maybe that was like your first career. And now you're just actually doing all this other stuff, but you're, you're actually still working full time at, at that? Yes. Awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I can't say that I'm full time at Imer, but though well, when I can, I'm I'm doing stuff for them as well. So. Mm-hmm. And hence why I'm getting ready to to go to Ool. Yes. So.
1: And I was telling you earlier that um, uh, Chad Bytel is going to be there. So you two. Should, yes. Should say hi.
0: I will definitely. Chad. He been... might ignore me, but I'll I'll just I'll run after him and then tackle. Yeah. That's usually the best way to introduce yourself to someone. You tackle them.
1: Usually, yes. You can't I have say some,
0: nothing after that.
1: Is that how you get your psychotherapy patients?
0: That's exactly it. That's great for anxiety.
1: Physical. Actually, you would be really good at that, wouldn't you? Tackling people and like restraining them?
0: <laughs> yes. Without any context, that sounds really strange. That was the idea, actually. But yes, I'm I'm relatively adept at uh, tackling people and then restraining them.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Look, I'm going to brag for you. You are the two-time Canadian champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu.
0: Yes, was the two-time champion. I'm not currently, Okay. but I, yes.
1: Not I a reigning champ. That.
0: I'm not the reigning, no. <laughs> I'm not, but uh, it's it's a really fun sport.
1: I want to hear more about that.
0: It is a mix between, um, it's like wrestling along with stand-up jiu-jitsu where you're trying to bend limbs in it's like playing a great game of like a uh, pinochle where you're trying to make the other person say uncle. So you're bending limbs in areas where they don't bend mm-hmm. so that they might break. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to choke people out. And when someone, so you're on the ground when this happens, it works. It's, it's a really amazing style out of all styles. I've done a lot of different martial arts in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the few styles where you really have an advantage if you're female. Against someone else that is like – it's one of the few styles where there's – if you know more than the other person, you are going to win. Right. Period. It's not a maybe thing because you're using your entire body against a small limb. So my entire body against one person's arm, I'm going to win. And there's there's no defense on your neck. So it makes it really easy. Choking someone out – a small child could probably choke you out in a few seconds, which
1: <laughs> – And has, in fact. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. It's slightly traumatic.
1: Yeah, so I've actually done a little bit of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and and really enjoyed it. And I experienced that thing where someone that has more knowledge than you is basically like kind of invincible to you. Yes. Like I would basically like roll around with someone who had done this a lot more, and he would just kind of sit there and let me try some stuff for you know ten or fifteen seconds, and then show me the error of my ways. Right. And like ow, 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 he's like, okay, all right, I I got it. (laughs) And then he would let me, you know, try something again for ten or fifteen seconds. Right. Right. Exactly. I felt so impotent. It was amazing.
0: It it is. It is crazy. Um, I remember, actually, I have a really cute story because uh, my husband also does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And one of the people at his work was a strongman. So he's one of the Mm. people that can tear a phone book in half with his bare hands. And so he actually said to my husband, he went, uh, listen, you know, Anthony, I know you do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and you're supposed to be really good at it. But I figure I can probably beat you. It's just, you know, like, look at me, look at you. And he goes, you know what? You know, I don't it's not just that I could beat you. I think my wife could beat you. And mm. the guy goes, please, that's not happening. And then the entire, like, workforce, they were all, like, going, yeah, you know, we want to – like, let's find out. Let's actually make this happen. And so because we are crazy, we did. Um, mm. And we invited him over yes. um, to our place and we did some ground fighting. And probably in about 10 seconds I choked him out. <laughs> um twice. And then, <laughs> and then he had to go back to work after and everyone's asking like, what happened? And he just hung his head in shame and he just walked away and said, I can't talk about it. And so it, it's a pretty cool style to do. I yeah. think that everyone needs a little bit of training in it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. So how did, how did you train? It must have been a, a pretty intense schedule if you're you know, ramping up towards these really high level competitions.
0: Yes, I used to train once and sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. so i i used to train a lot for it and it was most of my life i i really loved doing martial arts i wanted to be like a superhero when i was a kid so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i thought that would be just cool like that's you know that's as close as i can get
1: how, how many times per week
0: i used to do it we used to train between four to seven times a week yeah just because that's fun for me it's like playing a video game but in real life
1: yeah it's it's interesting you talked about how it, it starts to like a, a take over your life I'm, I'm sort of experiencing this now I've, I've signed up to do a charity boxing match
0: oh no way yeah and so I'm, no I'm, I'm actually
1: seven weeks out right now and so i'm like at the gym all the time i'm i'm doing two a days pretty frequently now
0: that's amazing
1: but it, it does eat up a lot of time but it's it's so fun i i can't like sometimes i can't sleep because i'm thinking about it so much
0: that's great. Yeah,
1: it's it's fun.
0: And are you any good at it?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, I have some natural advantages in that I'm very tall. I have a long reach. How tall are you? Six five. What? Yeah, and I'm <laughs> also uh, a southpaw. I'm left-handed, oh, so this is also ow. apparently gives trouble to a lot of varieties because they're not used to boxing against people that come at them from the different side.
0: Oh, you have a huge advantage.
1: Yeah. So it's it, we'll we'll see. Huh. My uh, my opponent is actually being trained by George Foreman III. Oh, yeah, one of uh, George Foreman's sons. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be a good battle.
0: That's a that's an epic battle. Yeah,
1: and and the thing is, win or lose, uh, we're raising a bunch of money for cancer research. So it's it's kind of like there's no way to this goes poorly. Actually,
0: exactly. E- except for even me, if for you me get getting knocked out,
1: yeah. Except for me getting beat win. up in front of all my friends and family and all that.
0: Well, it'll still be something great to talk about.
1: Oh, for sure definitely. You know,
0: it's a great story. The story when I was knocked out, everyone wants to hear that.
1: I'm actually all about doing crazy things for a story potential in the future.
0: I love that. I think that that's the way to live life. You totally. know, Don't say no to anything. Just try it out. And you know we only regret the things that we don't actually try or that we give up on or we, we think not to do so i i think that that's a wonderful thing to be able to go in there and it's a scary thing like you go into the ring only one of you usually wins so yep. it's like you have a 50-50 but the experience is wonderful
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's pretty cool and the training like i'm i'm in better shape than i think i've ever been in like i it just feel amazing so that's a pretty nice thing to be able to say
0: Yeah, boxing is great for your cardio.
1: Yeah, totally. So did you ever have any, like, nasty uh, injuries in Mm jiu-jitsu?
0: I've had three probably really bad injuries uh, in all of my martial art training. Mm -hmm. One was my own fault because two of them were my own fault. Probably all of them were. But um, one of them I was just sparring with someone, and I didn't wear my mouth guard. And they Uh. double-kicked me. Once to my chest and then once to my face and my mouth was open and <sighs> This is such a gory story. And my tongue got bitten and I bit part of my tongue off. So you know, no one else will be able to tell. But it was like I almost had like like a lizard, like a piece of my tongue that just kind of dangled off. And I thought that it was like and it was just my mouth was filled with blood. And the worst part though was I thought that my tongue might not heal back. Because I went to the doctor and they would not sew my tongue back on. And I thought this was before being like Lizard Woman would have been cool. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have like a strange chunk of my tongue that's going to heal mm-hmm. off. Luckily, it did not.
1: Kind of fuse itself back together.
0: It, it Somehow it did. It was, it, it's pretty incredible, actually.
1: It's not like a toenail where like the bad part fell off. And <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Thank the Lord I didn't lose a part of my tongue. So that was probably one of my biggest injuries. And then I... Did my first uh, fighting match grappling and I was fighting someone else that was much smaller than me, had not trained for as long as I had, but I'd never done – I'd only done Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a couple of months. So I figured I'm going to just own this person and Mm. she gave me an armbar and I didn't tap. Mm. And all I heard was the sound of like cotton tearing.
1: Okay. And it was my
0: arm. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> then I went back and fought her again, and I didn't tap again. So we have a little bit greater tear. And so that took me about nine months before my arm healed. Yikes. And then I had an ACL tear doing a fight video where someone fell upon my leg, and it just tore my ACL. Yikes.
1: Like my,
0: my, just my bone was able to just pop in and out. And so I had to get ACL surgery for that. So I am a mostly machine at hmm. this point.
1: Yeah. But considering the level at which you were competing, that actually seems like a a reasonable list, you know, like three majors, like, okay, yeah, like you're, you got to go really hard if you're going to be competing at that level. So, you know, stuff's going to happen.
0: Yes. Yes. And they don't care. They're just going to try to grab your body parts and tear them from your body. So really, you know, I've learned to just tap. There's no ego in it. Just tap. You get to fight again. Yep. Yes. What about you? What about me? What? For your boxing have you ever had a really bad injury
1: uh no so i'm sort of just getting into like actual like full speed sparring right now so i have you probably can't see but i actually have like a little bit of like a mark on my nose today which is the first time oh, my that. face there has been a, like abused from punches right and it's kind of awesome i'm sort of really psyched about it
0: <laughs> you should be you should be proud That's yeah a I, w- wound.
1: I had a little uh lip bleed the other day and it was like it was kind of cool i feel like i'm kind of a badass
0: Exactly, and you get this great story like like sixteen ninjas attacked me. That's how this right. small mark on my nose happened.
1: Exactly, so you yeah. should
0: see that they look like
1: it's been it's been it's been pretty good so far. Excellent. Yeah. Oh man, that was a fun topic. <laughs> Let's talk about iMore a little bit. Sure. So you are a senior editor at iMore. Yes. Uh, which is a website about it looks like iPhone iPhone. <laughs> and then Force Touch, and then some Mac stuff, and
0: yeah, it's pretty much Apple centric. Yep. Um, and uh, Renee runs the website, and it's pretty fabulous. We get to do, we have a lot of leeway in what we want to cover, mm-hmm. how we want to cover it, and so we deal with, you know, iPhones. We're dealing a lot with the Apple Watch that's coming out.
1: There's a watch coming out.
0: There's a there's a watch coming out. It's like you, like I'm already signed up for you. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, there's a watch. Got it. You have to get it. And everything, all the kind of different technology that goes with it, how to use it. We do a lot of how-tos and then all of the different, you know, accessories that you can get. So we test them all out so you don't have to. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: you know, then Renee and I will do all kinds of insane, crazy stuff. And we we just try to make it fun and silly because we think that technology is supposed to make your life better, not worse. So... We try to make sure that we we chew it all up and then give it to everyone in ways that it'll be manageable and easier to use.
1: <laughs> Regurgitated <laughs> Apple content. <laughs> that should be your That's uh, a tagline. Your, yeah, your tagline. Right. So you're doing uh, paid writing for this? Are you like a partner with them or something? Or you, uh, yes, you get I'm pay- I get paid.
0: I <laughs> get I actually get paid to uh, do. I know, I know. It's a crazy thought. I get paid to get cool text. Tech- like I have just all kinds of cool text stuff with me <laughs> everywhere. And I people send it to me and I try it out and then I write if I liked it or did mm-hmm. not like it, uh, which is the nice thing is that I always say to everyone, you can send me your stuff, but if I don't like it, it's not going to be a great review. I have right. all kinds of cases that have been bent and or destroyed trying to get them off. This one was really a horrible oh, yeah. case. It, so we get to go through it's, – it's just a lot of fun. It sounds kind of travel. like a fun gig. It's an amazing gig. It's just – I don't know. I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm spoiled.
1: How did you land that?
0: So Rene was wanting to have – we had one of the most diverse sites for like women and men and right from the beginning. And he was just wanting to get a different view on technology. And so they were looking for a female writer. Hmm. And so he knew I loved tech and we would always be buying out and trying out all of the newest stuff. And so he said, hey, would you like to write some articles for us? Hmm. So I said, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it started up, and I think we have more women writers on our site than men.
1: Hmm. That's great. How did you meet Renee in the first place?
0: So Renee and I were friends for a while. Before that, we just happened to be friends. He happened to start writing for himself. He's an just an amazing writer, and he writes effortlessly.
1: Mm. Really, I feel like oh, writing is hard. Like it's just writing
0: is hard for for regular people. For Renee, he I think that he types faster and writes faster than he could speak. which Wow. Is pretty it impressive. It comes out fully formed? Yeah, like perfect. I'm That's like, interesting. Because t- I type
1: fast, but I, I mean, I edit like a madman. Like, I'm yeah. constantly revising.
0: I, it's painstaking for me. Mm. So I am more often to do the video stuff that I will do every once in a while, the writing stuff, just because I don't have a lot of free time and it just absorbs all the free time. Yeah. So I always have packages coming to my house of strange new things that I get to chest out and see if they're fabulous or hmm.
1: not. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have a mentor or someone you would cons- like consider a mentor?
0: You know, that's funny that you asked me that. This is the second time that I've had someone ask me, you know, who do I look up? Like, what would I look up? I don't. I don't I actually. I hate asking
1: questions that other people ask.
0: <laughs> no, I, d- I actually don't. I, I try to live by my own rules and just make myself the best person that I can be. Um, and, my, I, you know, I have my own rules, just say yes to stuff, try new things, experience life, uh, don't worry about failing at it, just give it a shot. And so I don't really, like for martial arts, it would probably be Jackie Chan, just because I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want to live my life like he does. Do you have a mentor?
1: I don't exactly okay. have not No. No? Someone asked me this recently and yeah? because I, I think I was telling other people, like, you should get a mentor. And then right. was, they're like, who are your mentors? So I was like, ah, uh, well. Yeah.
0: Maybe you shouldn't get a mentor.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's good. If you, can, if you can find a relationship with someone that is more experienced in something that you want to do, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's going to help you out. Um, right. It's not right. necessary, but it's, I think it speeds things up.
0: Right. Well, I think that if you see someone doing something well, I think that you should, you know, emulate, learn from. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know if there would be any one person that it might be some one person in one area that I would be like, that's really amazing. And another person in a different area. But and there's also just some skills like there's there's no way in life that I would ever be able to write as effortlessly as Rene does. Hmm. You know, I would love to have that skill if I could just steal it from him. Mm -hmm. That would be fabulous. But the rest of it, I'm kind of just going to wing it and do the best with what I can.
1: Yeah. I think recently i sort of buy mentorship in the form of like one-on-one coaching more or less oh
0: i like that that's great
1: basically like my my bar for like how much money i want to have is just enough that i can like whenever i get into a new hobby i can buy private coaching in it yeah because nothing makes me happier than getting better at something and doing it quickly so when i can like hire an expert to teach me stuff i'm like so happy
0: No, I think that you're absolutely right. For me, it's the same thing. Like time is more valuable to me than the money to be able to do it. You can always get more money in life, but you don't get to have your time back. So I'm exactly the same way. If I want, I just did a course in scuba diving. I you know I just wanted to do the intensive get it all done learn as quickly as possible get really good at that so I can go out and actually scuba dive and and be able to do other things and so I think that that's a great way if you can afford to be able to do that.
1: Mhm. Totally. Because
0: it's much faster to learn from an expert than it is to figure it out on your own.
1: Yeah. Like, For me the the thing that I really care about most of all is habits. Mm -hmm. starting something new, you are in a unique frame of mind where your brain is just starting to record patterns for how you're going to do the thing. Right. And so if you can get someone to train you with good habits early on, it just saves you so much effort and time later not having to unlearn those things. Yeah. And the brain is amazingly plastic in in, in the beginning. It's basically like a recording and playback machine where like you're teaching it, like this is how you throw a punch, for example. And if you build in a bad habit as you throw that punch, like 500 times, like it just your brain's like really good at like, okay, I've got it. This is how we do it from now on. Right. And then someone comes along like, no, no, you have to change this thing. It's like, oh god, now it's so much harder.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You don't want to end up with a muscle memory that's not the right one, or that's going to teach you something really poorly from the get go. Because unlearning something, you're just waiting for a synapsis to die, mm. and that takes a lot of time and then you're trying to rewrite a new pattern of formations with you know a new set of synapses on another side and then you have to wait until one pathway is stronger than the old pathway yeah. so that when you're in stress we when we're really stressed out especially like when you're doing your boxing or or any other stressful situation, we actually knock out our working memory. So the cognitive part of our brain that our analytical self that we really are prized in is worked out in our limbic system that deals with fight or flight is the one that takes over. And that's just going to go to like the read-write of our brain. Just whatever is hardcore there, that's what we're going to do. So especially in a stressful situation, you want to make sure that your habits are good habits because you're going to go to whatever you happen to do most.
1: Yeah. There's some quote from a, I think a Navy SEAL instructor, and it's like, under pressure, we do not rise to the level of the occasion, we sink to the level of our training.
0: Yes, yes. And it's kind of a funny thing as well that they've, uh, the studies have shown. So if you're stressed and you've mastered a skill, you will actually do better under stress because you don't have to overthink it. Under stress, if you're really a novice at a skill, you're going to do much worse. Mm-hmm. So that's the wonderful thing with training and why you know you have to throw a punch 10,000 times until you really know how to throw a punch so that when you're stressed, you're going to do it right because you don't have to think and you can't think under quick, stressful situations to do it.
1: Yeah, totally. So one thing that jumped out at me as I was looking over all the things that you do is it seems like you must have a lot of context switching in your life. I think
0: that... It, I would assume yes. So I I do a gaming podcast where it's totally different and we deal with it. But like the lucky thing is psychology affects us in all frames of life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I love hearing about other people's stories and what they're doing and what they're dealing with. And so I just, I I guess I see everything through my own facets. So I kind of keep to that. It can be difficult, especially when I was juggling a lot of technology work and then a lot of psychology work. And they were both relatively new to me. Mm -hmm. That became really, really different to flip through them because, you know, you have half of your apples in one basket and half in the other, and, it, and it's sometimes you, you kind of feel flustered or there's not enough time to be able to research it. I think that now I'm much more comfortable in with what I am, so I have a nice tech base and I have a nice psychology base, and now I actually use a lot more of my psychology and my tech. And you know, every once in a while when we talk about someone that's like a gaming addict, I can be like, I really do understand. I, you know, mm-hmm. I do a gaming podcast and I used to play a lot of games and. This and that. And so I think that it's shocking to people often, I think for both um, mm-hmm. people find out that I do. I'm a psychotherapist. I get like the weird look of really. And the same thing, with my psychotherapist garb. And mm-hmm. then I, someone hears that I do a podcast on gaming. They go, I don't understand that either, mm-hmm. which I think is just kind of funny. It always cracks me up to be able to say that to someone.
1: Mm. So I'm sort of a, I'm a very casual gamer. Okay. Do you have like a top three recommended? Like if you're not, if you haven't been into the scene and you want to get some of these things, get into it.
0: It's a funny question. Someone had asked me, how do you know how to pick the best game for someone else? It would really depend on what you like to do. What gives you a huge kick? So Uh, I love punching people in the face. Right, so then maybe you'd want to do a fighting game, but a yeah. fighting game where you would be really good at it. So I would say if you really like fighting games or strategy and fighting, I love Shadow of Mordor. It's one of my favorite games. It's not a hard game to learn, and it's just you can use your strategy of how you like to fight. So mm. I'm more of the stealth person. I like to lure something to me and then kind of like, you know, then attack it and like put it in an armbar. Yeah, exactly. You can you can do something similar to it. It's pretty cool. And so I like those type of games, and it's a it's a pretty good game. So that would be one that you wanted to try, but it cost a certain amount of money. You like scarier games, there's some other ones that no. you can kind of deal with. No. But that one's my, my first go-to game. And then there's, like, really simple, quick games like, you know, Plants vs. Zombies. If you just want something that's casual, mm-hmm. you want something that you're going to be really upset about, you can get, like, Candy Crush. Um, <laughs> and then there's some cool puzzle games that are out there, too, like The Room and uh i like limbo on the iphone those two are pretty mm, neat
1: i play limbo i love limbo
0: yeah that was a great game
1: it was like the best like ambiance that i've experienced in a game
0: yes that that feeling of trauma when the spider's chasing you
1: oh god yeah
0: and you're slowing down and you're like just stop please stop
1: they're just yeah it was so it felt incredibly immersive it's yes like, this is a, yes. such a consistent world that you've created here i love yes
0: it. yeah and journey is also a really great game if you've never played it it's an immerse it's an experience game where you just you don't know what you're supposed to do and you just learn from experiencing and you're always thinking if you're more of a type a personality you're always thinking am i doing this right
1: hmm. and you
0: don't know and then you get rewarded for something like okay i think i understand sounds and a little I, bit I like real like, life <laughs> yes yes though I'm, I'm usually just doing it wrong and i just like okay gotcha I'll figure it out
1: yeah what is your talk at ul about
0: So at Ulruh, I'm talking about what is motivation, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be doing a workshop to help people become more motivated and to deal with if they hit uh, motivational blocks in their life, Mm -hmm. and also uh, to help people figure out their own patterns. So everyone, we're all pattern-oriented, and depending on what's happened in our life and our base personality type, there's certain things that we're going to get caught on, certain traps that we're always going to get caught on. And if you know that better, like any game you know well enough, you can win at. And so if you really understand yourself and you know your strengths, your weaknesses, your triggers, your blocks, there's much less chance that you're going to get caught up on it and get stuck. Hmm. And I think that often we get stuck just because we don't know ourselves well enough or we're not honest with ourselves about what are our regular patterns. We like to think that there are no patterns which makes us feel very powerful. But it actually is a huge weakness because then you end up hitting a wall without knowing what is the wall, why am I here, what happens. Hmm. And then there's a greater chance that you're going to repeat the same pattern because we're actually really pattern oriented.
1: Huh. It's, it's sort of like that uh, equivalent of the muscle memory thing that we were talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you uh, you know don't practice a certain technique, you're not going to be good at it, or if you know you have a weakness such as like I'm really you're really tall, I'm really, really short, so I cannot fight the same way that you can fight right. if I trained to fight the same way with you, it would just not be you know advantageous against anyone that would be exceptionally tall mm-hmm. so you have to be honest with what tools you have to use in life
1: hmm. Do you do a lot of speaking?
0: I do. I really enjoy doing speaking. I think that 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 gives me the biggest thrill. I think it gives me the biggest rush. It's the biggest fear. And, and it's I really enjoy getting to do it. So I've been doing a lot of speaking. I think I'll be doing a lot of speaking this year. And I love the opportunity to get to help more people and hopefully make their lives a little better and interact with people. So
1: you still feel the sort of the rush even after having done it a bunch of times? Yeah. And the fear and all that?
0: Yes, I do. It's not as bad. I always loved speaking. So it's not it's not something that really worried me. But I still get a huge rush before it. I'm I'm feeling a little bit nervous now. Because everything is not solidified in my my talk. I usually just like it's motivation. It's like a, like I have classes on that. So it's not even mm-hmm. outside of my wheelhouse. But yeah, I think that it's going to be really exciting to get to do. I'm also doing um one, a talk in the week after UL at, um, or two weeks after UL. I'm getting to do a talk here at the Chateau Montebello at NS North. And then I'm doing a talk for the uh, Release Notes Conference in Indiana. So uh, those will all be really interesting and fun. And you get to meet really cool people and listen to their talks and yeah. learn something.
1: Speaking of which, there actually is another ThoughtBotter uh, giving a talk at NS North, Gordon.
0: Oh, Gordon wonderful.
1: Yeah, so you should That's meet up great. with him. Just
0: wonderful. look for a
1: very large, bald headed man.
0: Okay, okay. He'll be the only one that's there that's like that. I mean,
1: maybe. We're Probably with a Thoughtbot t-shirt on. Okay, okay, that's good.
0: Yeah, it's a great experience to get to do that.
1: Cool, yeah. Anything else that we haven't covered that you consider like a major part of your life that you're psyched about?
0: I am getting to to do falconry. I'm going to do my next strange thing. Yes, tell me more. (laughs) Well, I just figured, you know... I, I just want to make myself the closest to a video game character because instead of playing video games, I was going to like just do neat stuff. So um, I thought falconry would be really neat. Like there's not – that's something that we don't get to say a lot about too. I don't see a lot of other falconers out there. Yeah. And so I'm going to take a course. I'm going to be certified. I'll be able to actually train my own falcon and keep one. Wow. though I'm, I'm not allowed. I've been told <laughs> that I'm not allowed to actually get my own falcon. Uh-huh. We'll see about that. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> what's that noise coming from the basement? Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Don't worry about it.
1: Do you and your husband settle disagreements with uh, like jujitsu bouts?
0: Yes. That's usually the way that we always settle disagreements. It's the best way. It's fast. It's Definitely. efficient. No, we can't. I would lose. I, I Don't tell him I said that. He's just a much better fighter than I am. Mm.
1: So I would lose all the time. Until you stick your falcon on him as a distraction exactly. technique. That's
0: why, that's why I have to get the falcon. Right and then i
1: win so falconry is like training a falcon how to hunt and then come back to you basically
0: exactly and also how to handle a falcon um dealing with breeding how to take care of one
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, injuries that they may have just basic falcon grooming that <laughs> is important <laughs>
1: that's so interesting it sounds like, like the richest hobby ever <laughs> this is like polo and falconry
0: Right, right. Scuba's pretty expensive as well. Yeah. I was shocked with how expensive scuba diving is. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure falconry is pretty up there.
1: Mm-hmm. And I it's like know. one of those like, needlessly, you know, <laughs> pricey. It's like, we're going to keep a bird just for this.
0: Yeah, just to do what with? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to eat the rabbit that it brings back right. to me. So
1: I was in London uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and there were the muse uh, at Buckingham Palace, which used to hold a bunch of falcons, apparently. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think that's true.
0: <laughs> or do you think that someone was just saying that in hopes that on a podcast you would say that and then he would be like... <laughs> I mean, this was a, a guy
1: oh. who was being paid to give tours, so he was probably trying to make it sound a little more exciting. So who knows? I oh. think Muse now, refer, they're, they're stables now, they're horses in there now, but they used to be called... The, they're called the Muse because that's apparently some sort of falconry word.
0: Oh, um, well, you see, after I take the course, I'll be able to tell you if that's true or not. Yes, but. please
1: confirm or deny.
0: <laughs> right. And right. we'll come
1: back here and edit this you podcast. You'll be waited
0: on bated breath. This will be something that'll keep you up at night without knowing. Yes. Yeah,
1: and Tom will come back and edit this and we'll re-release it. And now we definitely won't do any of that. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. We have other Probably. things to do.
0: No, no, there's nothing else better that you have to do than that.
1: Awesome. Well, I feel like falconry is a great place to leave this conversation. <laughs> of course. I don't want us to segue anywhere from this. Is there anything that you would like to plug to our wonderful audience?
0: Sure. If you um if you haven't already gotten tickets, you headed want to head to Ireland. You can see me speak at all, and if you are there, I would love for anyone to say hi. And there's also NS North, which is in Montreal, Ottawa, um really close to Montreal, which is another great conference that's coming up. And then after that, there's the Release Notes Conference, which is in um, Indiana, I believe, and that will be coming up, I believe, in October. And uh, I'm on Vector podcast and also Isometric podcast.
1: Awesome. And are you currently accepting private clients for your therapy practice?
0: That I do. Yes. Yes. I'm booked fully full. But, um, yeah, I do uh, accept private clients. So if you're dealing with something and you happen to be in Montreal, let me know.
1: Okay. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Today's show was produced and edited by Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 141. Thanks for listening.